but I knew that something wasn't right. I had to get really clear about my vision for my life and what my authentic health journey was gonna look like to get back to a place of wholeness. Allison Wren serves as a health coach for eHop Health, and she is a sublime friend and fearless leader. She is full of awareness, values, and connection. In today's episode, she opens up about how she got clear on her vision and identified what her own authentic conscious health journey needed to look like after some powerful underlying fears and new parent anxieties began to bubble up. Allison knows the importance of living a life aligned in mind, body, and spirit, and with a conscious effort on tackling her fears and building her spiritual and physical health, she was able to establish synergy and healing in her own life. Let's begin. Welcome to the Journey to Health podcast, where we believe everyone deserves to feel their best and reach optimal health. Life is short and every day is a gift. So travel well on your journey to health. I'm your host, Sarah Shaw, and I'll be your guide on today's episode. Welcome, Allison Wren, to our Journey to Health podcast. I am excited to finally have you on because I've been chasing after you for a while to get you on this podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Excited. Well, you are one of our health coaches on our eHop team, and we love conversing with you and having you present with us. I learn so much from you every day. And I will share with the audience a word that comes to mind when I think of Allie, which is sublime. And maybe it's your bright, blonde, beautiful hair that makes you look so radiant and glowing all the time. But no, truly, it's your spirit. You have this way of bringing out the excellence and a lot of kind of spiritual moral worth within other people and within yourself. So I even like went and looked up the word sublime and it says lofty, grand, or exalted in thought, expression, or manner. And I was like, that's Allie. She really brings out the best in everybody. And you always have a great way of connecting the natural to the spiritual. And I really respect that and I appreciate it because we are so much more than these natural bodies, but you really have a way of bringing in the spiritual realm, bringing in excellence and worthiness to not only yourself, but those around you. Well, thank you so much. I'm very humbled. So maybe that'll be your new nickname, Sublime Alley. <laughs> Love it. So let's dive into your story so we can hear how sublime you really are. And I know you have a lot of cool things to share and I can't wait to hear it. So take us on this journey. Where did it all begin for you? Oh, yes. It has really been a family affair. It started when I was really young. My mom, she was my first pillar, if you will, into the health world. And she was really into all the things that are now cool. But back when I was little, like we took echinacea and flaxseed oil and all in the era of Flintstone vitamins, you know, so we were really rogue at the time. You know, she sent me to school in the second grade with kidney beans and I was the kidney bean queen. It, it really, you know, I will say that in looking in the rear view, I realized that I had a very unconscious health journey that turned into a conscious one. And what I mean by that is it was at the time when my dad was diagnosed with colon cancer at 42. 
he went through treatment and he went into remission. And then ultimately he passed away at age 45 when it came back. I was 13 at the time and obviously middle school age, very impressionable. But this marked the beginning of my conscious health journey, if you will. Kind of, I think most of us, when we have somebody who we love that is invincible and seemingly does all the right things, we always ask that question, why? You know, why did they get sick and why did this happen to them? And so really just digging more and more in a natural curiosity as I got older and just getting used to asking the question, why? How do things work? Why? You know, asking why until you can't really ask why anymore. And I would say one of the biggest things I uncovered in this investigative work, if you will, was just the revelation of how tied in our stress and how emotional trauma manifests itself physically in our bodies. And just that synergy between our thoughts and reality and in our emotional and physical states and just how it's one, it's not separate. And I love how you bring in, that's something I actually have always noticed about you is you talk a lot about our conscious and our subconscious and how important it is to tap into that subconscious and how important it is for going forward and finding the synergy in our life. But talking about more of the mind-body connection and medicine, you saw that probably with a family member or your dad. I know I saw it with my own dad. That was how he got sick, I believe, was a lot of the stress that came upon his life. But yeah, dive us deeper into that. Yeah, well, I'm no stranger to stress and I don't think I'm alone. I would say my personal story, my conscious journey started by watching my dad and somebody I love go through something. But my story started when my daughter was born about four years ago. and. That's when the unbeknownst to me trauma from my life, coupled with new parent anxiety, it finally caught up with me. As many new parents do, I was trying my best to protect my daughter from the dangers of the world, if you will, whether they were real or perceived by me. And to be honest, trying to protect myself from the agony of watching someone else that I love potentially suffer. So that underlying fear of loss from losing my dad when I was young was really starting to surface. And not to paint an accurate picture because, you know, my daughter and I, we had, and my husband, we have lots of fun. We did lots of fun things, but I had become the fearful mom. And, you know, always, what if she gets sick? What if she gets hurt? What if I can't help her? What if, what if, what if? And it's exhausting, you know? And, I realized I had developed new parent anxiety and I would hold her in my arms and I would think about all the things in the future that I wanted to be a part of and see her go to prom and watch her get married and and realization, realizing that truly what I was doing is I was thinking about all the things that my dad was not around for going, what if I'm my dad? What if I die young? What if she was left at 13 to do life without me? But really, I was only projecting my own fears onto her. So about a a year later from when I realized all this, my father-in-law, he died suddenly in his sleep to a heart attack 
at 64. And it was literally at that point for me personally, it was game on. I started reliving a lot of emotions from losing my own dad through that and the darkness, I would say. I don't like to call it that, but it is what it is. You know, it really kind of started to settle in. And I would lay in bed at night. My heart would race so fast. I thought I was having a heart attack. And my mind would go places I didn't want it to go. I couldn't sleep. I'd be so tired in the morning. I'd use caffeine as a crutch. And then I wouldn't be able to sleep again the next night because of the caffeine. And so it was night after night, day after day. This vicious cycle would just continue. You know, and I found myself in my doctor's office a few months later after that, getting an echogram and a chest x-ray. And thankfully, everything was wonderful. You know, it all checked out great. Many times as they do when our test results show everything's normal. But I knew that something wasn't right. I had to get really clear about my vision for my life and what my authentic health journey was going to look like to get back to a place of wholeness. To have that time to reflect and be so responsible with your own health, but you are also at a place where you had that, you're really diving into that fear and it was showing up strong in your life and even in you physically. So that's how you felt that mind body connection. Absolutely. There's no denying it when it shows up physically. There's no way to suppress that. And it's interesting. You say, while everything looked normal on the labs or, you know, the testing, you knew And as we all do, many of us women or just people know that there's something else in there. So true. Beauty is, is that there's so many things once we get to that point of realization that we can do to change that and to change the trajectory. And it's such a personal journey. And there's so many wonderful things out there and tools to use, you know, to, to help us. But for me personally... I knew that the biggest piece of the puzzle that was missing for me was that my spiritual health needed a huge overhaul. For me, it was a lesson that would take a lot of years to unravel, but I am so thankful for that journey and the place that it has brought me to now. And just very, very thankful. What did that look like for you, your spiritual journey? You know, you said it took time and years, but how did you dive into that? You know, I realized that above all else, I just had to stop and put my trust in God. And I dove into a daily devotional that my mom gave me. And I started by reading just the correlating scripture, like on the bottom of every page. And the truth that I found in the word just surrounded me with everything I was missing. It was the peace and it was the joy and it was the protection all these things that we are robbed of when we are living in a state of fear and all the things we want. I just began to meditate on God's word and I would lay in bed at night and just recite scripture in my head. And with God, all things are possible. And in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And I just found a lot of power in the simple fact that it doesn't matter how difficult our lives can be or how much fear we may feel, but we have the power to choose joy. What we always know too is that simple doesn't always mean easy, right? We can realize these things, but then living it and putting it into practice is a whole nother thing. So for me, I had to really get clear on 
understanding the root of fear and the root of my fear, getting down to why, you know, again, asking those why questions. And the root program of fear is what if it goes wrong, right? It's the triggers. The triggers are the unknown in fear. It's a defense mechanism. It's to some type of trauma or past experience that we've had that has not been favorable. It's a defense mechanism that we have. So when we live in this theme of consciousness of fear, we can become obsessed as a strong word, but sometimes obsessed with worst case scenarios. And, you know, the what if it doesn't work out? And we kind of use it as a control to protect ourselves from more pain, more loss, the things that we don't want. It's funny you say that I just was listening to a podcast with Caroline Leif, who's a psychologist, cognitive therapist. And she was saying, it was really interesting. She said 91.4, I think that's the percentage, 91.4% of the time, our fears and worries never come true. So we spend a majority of our time and energy and mentality and emotions on things that will never, ever come true and how draining that is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What if we just flip that switch, right? Like flip the narrative instead of what if it doesn't work out? Or what if it does work out? 91 chance it will. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, because the reality is, is that fear itself, it keeps us from living and it isolates us from the life that we want. And by design, we're not meant to live isolated. We're social creatures. We thrive on the energy that we attract and receive from other people. And love, that's the highest form of it. Fear is just its something that blocks our own joy. And we think it's protecting us, but really we're creating our own hell is what we're doing. The opposite of love is not hate either. The opposite of love is fear. You have to be able to choose one of those too. Yeah. You can't live in both at the same time. Very challenging. I mean, and you know, it's not that fear shouldn't get a completely bad rep because there are very healthy versions of it too, you know, like caution and things that we hope that our children do have. But getting stuck in it, that's where danger comes. And when we live there. Chronic fear, right. Exactly. You know, and our cells, our body, it responds to it. It responds to that chronic state of fear in a very negative way. Really, it's changing that narrative in our heads. Again, what if it does work out? Like, what if it's better than I imagined? And what if I live to be a healthy 100 or 110? I don't know, you know? And what if my daughter lives to be a healthy 100? And it's just constantly going back and changing that narrative in our head. The power of our thoughts. Yep, absolutely. You just have to get to the place where like your desire to be better trumps your fear like that pendulum has to just weigh just a little bit more on that side just for that desire and that urge to just know that we're meant for more and we we deserve more you know so it's really you just have to do your best and move on you know that whole law of attraction too you know what you attract will come to you what you think about in those ways will come you know think on things that are noble and good and righteous and truth. We need to do more time on that. Our thoughts become our feelings, become our actions. So yes, the law of attraction is very real and very powerful. 
that's why when we get to a point where we are fearful and at least, you know, in my experience with my fear and anxiety is you can't go around it. You got to go through it. It's like the, the bear hunt book. When we encounter something that triggers our fear again, first thing we have to do in order to move through it is become aware. Simply become aware that we have been triggered again and aware of what those triggers are. Why am I feeling this way? You know, and feel it. Don't avoid it. Feel the fear. Have power over it. So many times we always try to avoid things when they're uncomfortable. But by not dealing with it, guess what it does? It comes back over and over again. So we're forced to deal with it. Yeah. Usually more with a vengeance. It bubbles up. Yeah. It multiplies. It's becoming aware it is. Like, you know, we talk about the physical manifestations. And for me, it was in my heart and realizing where we feel it. Is it in your chest? Is it in your breathing? Is it in your stomach? Just really shifting to that present space and consciously choosing from a place of freedom and not operating on autopilot and just going into the same old, same old routine. Just finding your power and being able to overcome it. There's so much power that comes from that. And to use that and project that into a positive change. Forward motion. Forward motion. Do you feel like that fear that you used to have never comes back up or it does bubble up? And what do you do with it? Yeah, it absolutely bubbles up, right? We're human and that's okay. And a lot of times our lessons in life, they come back over and over again and to teach us another level, to get us to the next place in life. And there, while we give them a bad rep, they're really such a wonderful tool. But what we have to learn how to do is manage that in the meantime. And for me, breathwork and meditation were a life changer, absolute life changer. So many different options out there you can do today that sometimes it can almost be overwhelming, I feel like, because there's so many different breathwork techniques and they're all amazing in their own way. Just simple, deep breathing and just the thought of in with the new, out with the old. And just that release of negative stuff energy. And I know that you all have probably talked about this before on other podcasts, but the simple four, seven, eight method. So simple. It's so effective. And it really just gets that oxygen flowing through the body and allows your brain to shift from that, you know, the fight or flight. Now I'm a big fan of guided meditations. And sound healing and mantras, I am still trying to work on my, to sit quietly with my thoughts without <laughs> 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 having some type of guided meditation. I just find that it's more useful for me at this point in my journey. Yeah, that would be me. I have my to-do list show up all the time in my meditation. <laughs> yeah. You know, and there's even something as simple as for me going and putting Spotify on around the house or in the car or wherever you are and just the solfeggio frequencies and just the amazing healing power of sound. It's really quite fascinating. I even heard a small part on a podcast. I didn't go very deep into it, but the power of humming, how just humming 
it's part of your vagal tone. Strengthening that vagal tone is by humming. And it takes you into this other place, this transcendent place, not only emotionally, but also physically. So the power of sound and us expressing that sound, not just consuming it, but actually expressing it too with a hum or a song, how that can be healing, which I thought really fascinating because I am not a singer, but I love music and (laughs) I let everyone else sing. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're in the car by yourself. Yeah, totally. Oh, I, and I will sing around the house, of course, but the power of music, that's interesting that you bring that up too, or, or humming, chanting and part of that as your, your healing journey. Yeah. So powerful. It really is. You know, there's some stigma that comes with it sometimes and it may feel kind of strange at first for some people, but try it, you know, and if you want to do it alone somewhere where nobody's going to hear you or you're not going to feel judged, even though you won't be judged, (laughs) just try it. Yeah. Just taking it back to a basic level. Like you can't even, you can't talk about all of these things without addressing just that power of food as medicine too in the whole mind body connection because how we feed our bodies and how we feed our brain has so much to do with our chemical makeup and how our cells are responding to our body and how our cells are responding to our thoughts and just truly taking it back to the basics and eating that whole food diet and avoiding processed foods and inflammatory foods you know it's so important even omega-3s they say like 95% of Americans aren't getting enough. Probably true. You know, and I mean, that's so, so important for our brain health. Just a simple switch of that is a good starting point. It's interesting that you said in the beginning, like you can't almost compartmentalize the mind away from the body. And same thing with the areas of health and wellness. You kind of have to be able to invest in all of it, maybe at different levels and different times, but at some point we're an all encompassing being, you know, we have to make sure we're aligning our nutrition with our mindset, with our physical bodies and our spiritual self. Absolutely. Yeah. On top of that is movement, right? Movement, it gets the blood flowing and blood flow is so important for brain health. Functional movement, that's huge for maintaining your sanity, you know, just that balance in life. And there's the term that is being thrown around out there so much now and it's amazing and it's about neuroplasticity just the brain's ability to change and reorganize over time that we don't we're not stuck with our brains our brains change for the worst depending on what we do and how amazing that again we have the power to help change the most powerful thing for the better yeah we'll have to dive into that topic another time on another podcast because you're the second interview, second episode to bring that up, Caroline Wilson's episode. She talked a lot about the mind-body medicine and connection and neuroplasticity being so important. So it's a great thought to bring up again. I think it encourages us all to dig into what that is, what it looks like, and how we can make that part of our health journey. Yeah, absolutely. One more little thing, little tip that really helped me too, is just realizing it. there's an ebb and flow in our moments of high stress. And when we do encounter times of fear, that being aware of our body's cortisol load, stress hormone, and coupling that with caffeine intake, very 
challenging and taxing on certain individuals. And for me, I had to just get rid of caffeine for a little while and really allow my adrenals the time to just refresh, relax. And it made a huge difference overall. And just my total cortisol level and my cortisol load, as I was able to truly dig into these root programs of the fear that I was experiencing and kind of learn how to overcome that, then it's one of those things that later I was able to introduce more caffeine again. My body could handle that, but it couldn't at certain times. And just really tuning in always to our bodies and our needs and knowing that it doesn't mean it's an always thing. It doesn't mean it's always going to be this way. And just allowing yourself to have that space. That's encouraging to me because I have I teeter back and forth with less caffeine, more caffeine. And I've really lately been really spurred on to go no caffeine for a while and see what that does. But you bring up an interesting point too about how it's probably seasonal, like focusing on a time to allow yourself to heal, even your adrenals by taking off caffeine, but it doesn't mean it's forever. And it's like that you have to lean into it to heal it. You have to feel it to heal it. And even with our bodies and the methods that we do to try to heal it, it takes some effort and focus, but over time you'll heal it and you can go back to some of your other, you know, small routines, but yeah, that's a good challenge for us. Did you want to share another health tip or you gave us a ton, which were amazing, but do you have other health tips that you'd like to share? You know, taking it back to the 30,000 foot level, because so often we get caught up in the minor, not minor, but the small details of life that we need to challenge ourselves sometimes to go back to that 30,000 foot. And there is a poem that was written by Linda Ellis. And I don't know if you've heard it, read it, but it was called The Dash. No, share it with us. So she talks about the significance in the dash between the year you were born and the year you die. And this dash, it represents what we stand for, what and who we will impact. It's our legacy that we leave behind. So I challenge you to every day ask yourself, how do you want to spend your dash? Hmm. That's amazing. What a great way to simplify that yet bring a lot of power to the idea that we are in control and our legacy is what we really want to leave here in this world. Mm -hmm. It is. What are you going to do with your dash? That's the challenge to all the audience members today. What are you going to do with that dash? Let that sit with you for a while. Well, thank you, Allison, for being on today. You really brought a lot of clarity and insight and the experience for me was sublime because that's who you are. <laughs> you, br- you bring out a very, um, you have a very transcendent way about yourself too, which other coach Janine, I've said that too. So I am honored to be surrounded by women like you, you and Janine and all of the other coaches that we have on this team. I am honored. So thank you for sharing today. Thank you. And the feeling is mutual. I'm very, very humbled and honored to be a part of this team.
Thank you for joining us for this episode. You can follow us online at journeytohealth.com slash podcast. There you can access the show notes and learn more about our guest. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Your Journey to Health. We hope that this story inspired you to launch into or maybe even continue on your own journey to your best health. If you're looking for a health guide to support you, we have coaches who would love nothing more than to walk alongside you. Just visit our website to learn more about Journey to Health coaching program. Until next time, travel well on your journey to health.